0: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Milwaukee, also the Milwaukee Bucks reporter at ESPN Crivets, which is uh, north of Green Bay, south and west of Escanaba, but uh, shout out to one of our listeners from Crivits. I don't make it up to our ESPN affiliate uh, office there in Krivitz all that often, but I'll have to make my way up there um, and maybe be a little bit cold. You might have just heard my phone. I am officially on Woj notification season, so you know what? You're just gonna do with my phone being on because that's gonna kind of be how all of this uh, this time of 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 the draft and of everything getting ready to go is. That's how this works. So uh, we are officially on that time of the season where I am not gonna turn off my phone uh, while recording the podcast, and uh, that might mean I have to do some editing, but whatever. The phone will remain on, um, and hopefully it's on for all of you as well. Uh, as you hopefully at this point have Woj notifications on your phone, you might. Want to have uh, shams notifications on your phone as well, uh, so just just be ready for that because anything can happen. And we've started to see some of that action already today. Uh, what we're gonna, what I want to do tonight, obviously, no Frank with me. I had mentioned that on yesterday's podcast, but I sort of wanted to think through a couple of different things with this draft. The first one uh, was going to be second rounders buying a second rounder because we had a little bit of action with that tonight. And I kind of want to think through that a little bit. Uh, and then generally just the idea of trades and what, what the bucks could be after uh, teams that, you know, might have some interest in moving up or down um, and kind of how all of that could affect the bucks. So that's kind of, kind of be what we end up going through here and, and, I guess we'll start with uh kind of the start of today where uh you get a trade with the Charlotte Hornets and the Brooklyn Nets and it's it's largely a salary dump. Um and just kind of a strange one where Charlotte sends Dwight Ho- Howard to the Brooklyn Nets for Timothy Mozgov, uh and essentially the Nets save $17 million in the 2019-2020 season, so not this upcoming season, but the season after that, and that can obviously open up some money for them, and Charlotte, that takes them out of the luxury tax, and I guess one thing I'm just sort of interested by is is what that means for Charlotte what what does that mean Charlotte is looking to do in this in this draft in this offseason because obviously Kemba Walker is someone that I've talked about being I mean one of the best fits at the point guard position for the Bucks um, outside of Steph Curry I'm not sure that there w- really is one better with uh, <laughs> As you all know, the pull-up three, um, I just think it's a hugely important skill in the modern NBA. You need to have a pick-and-roll creator that can use that weapon, and Kemba Walker would be one of those people, and I guess I'm just curious to see what this means for Charlotte. Where does Charlotte actually want to go from here? Because as I mentioned, they're underneath the luxury tax now uh, with that trade, so if that was Mitch Kupchak's only goal, okay then then they're good to go and they can kind of keep moving throughout the off season and uh they should be fine but Maybe that's the start of, of of some larger moves. Maybe this means that they will actually rebuild in Charlotte uh, because they have some decisions to make next year with Kemba Walker. He will he has just one year left on his deal. They have to make a decision. Do you max him? Do you not max him? Obviously, all of these same things came up when uh, we kind of went through the fake draft exercise that I had done earlier this year where I trade, traded for Kemba Walker uh, as the fake GM of the Milwaukee Bucks. Frank and I had a discussion about how much would you pay them and how does all of that work. So I think they're a really interesting team to, to sort of look at in all of this and attempt to figure out exactly where they could be moving, what they could be doing, and how you attempt to kind of get a, a better idea of that. Just because I don't know that, that we actually know what – what their goal is, and they are a team that could move around a little bit and and shake things up, and it's sort of tough to know what they're going to do, and they could kind of shake things up a little bit because they do have the 11th pick of the draft, and as you kind of go through the draft, the prospects, I, I feel like that 11 and then 12 and 13 with the Clippers is kind of, kind of the zone to me where things can start to get interesting for a second time because i think at at the top of the draft you have the kings and you know the kings are always the kings are going to kang uh so you know that they're always going to do that and then i guess you don't really know kind of where michael porter jr goes uh does he go closer to four or five does he end up going to the Bulls at seven? Does he fall even further than that? Uh, I think that gets you through the top 10. And then uh, I just think that the draft kind of swings in that 11 to 13 range because you have to figure out what the Hornets are doing. What is their goal this offseason? Is that a pick that they want to make and hopefully uh, use that pick as someone that can start their rebuild? Do, do they want to use that to move up or down? Do they want to use that to try to attempt to get rid of some more salary? How, how are they going to try to use that pick? So I think 11 is an interesting spot. Uh, and again, a spot that maybe could end up swinging the draft. Then I think as you look at kind of how this draft shakes out, eleven and twelve or twelve and thirteen, excuse me, is really interesting with the Clippers because the Clippers are trying to move around. They are trying to move up, and they've tried to use twelve and thirteen to move up. But it sounds like you know twelve and thirteen isn't quite enough draft capital to move up. So then, does that become a spot where they actually do take those two picks and uh, start getting a, a little bit of a base for their their new? the new direction of their franchise or is that a spot where you split them up and try to pack gem with something else to try to make a move and, and i guess if if they keep both those spots i think that's a really interesting spot for the bucks because one we don't really know what the bucks are interested in none of those draft workouts were public so we can only kind of guess and think about players that might be in their range but i think some interesting things have been happening as these last few days have shaken out. Um, I think one guy that there's a big range on right now is Trey young right now. The, the mock draft on ESPN done by Jonathan Gavoni has him all the way down to 12. And I think, you know, that's a spot where if you're the Bucks, you have to be interested in trying to find a way to move up and again maybe that's uh, 11 maybe that's 12 maybe that's 17 or excuse me maybe that's 13, 11 12 or 13 maybe it's one of those spots that you can move up and get Trey Young but I think that's a guy that's has a, a wide range he's moving around quite a bit I think another guy there uh, one that I've mentioned and maybe a player that I like a little bit more than others but uh, I think Miles Bridges is really interesting there as well because he is another guy that really has moved around. I think he is someone that going into the year was, in my mind, someone that people saw as a top five guy, um, for sure in the top 10. And if he does start to fall, I think trying to figure out where that spot is and what those teams want there. Um, As I said, I think Charlotte and the Clippers are the two spots. 11 through 13, where you really want to try to move in. And what I guess the question always is, on your big board, where do you think that value is? And where do you think you want to try to move up into one of those spots? And I guess one of the things that's interesting to me, especially – with this Bucks team is I think if you're going after a point guard, um, one if it's the Hornets and, you know, they kinda wanna clear space, well, do you take on one of their contracts? Um, I'm trying to think. I think there's Zeller, Marvin Williams, uh, swap that for Eric Bledsoe and swap picks. Is that enough? Um, Is that something that they want to do? Because it would take a year off of uh, their obligations, whether that is Zeller or whether that is Marvin Williams. Um, That would be a spot where you could sort of help them out if they want to move cap space. Or if either of those teams want a player and the player you're after is a point guard, does moving Malcolm Brogdon make sense? Does Brogdon in a pick make sense to move up those five or six spots for me I think if it's Trey Young I think that's someone that might have generational scoring ability generational um, kind of abilities as a playmaker as well if it's him I think yeah I think Brogdon in 17 is well worth it if you know Trey Young is the guy that you're going to be able to go up and get for Miles Bridges I don't know if I'd be quite as confident um, and I guess you just kind of have to have to see there and Again, we don't know how far anybody falls, but again, Denver at 14, that's a team that has been looking to make moves as well. So maybe there's someone that you could get a pick from. 15, the Wizards have been rumored as a team that wants to move their pick. Uh, 16, the Suns are a team that has been rumored to want to move their pick. And then at 17, the Bucks have been rumored, uh, you know, or actually even say rumored. John Horace mentioned yesterday that they'd be open to trading their pick, whether that's up or down uh, or, you know, four players so I think all those things are within play and it's just a matter of kind of thinking through what those teams want and and where are those spots that you can actually get because I think it starts at 11 you know at 10 the Sixers do have a ton of picks but my guess is you know they're trying to package those together to get better picks not move down and get more picks. So I think they might be out, not a team that you could really work with. The Knicks are a team that's thinking about possibly trading up um, and maybe they move into that fourth spot with the Grizzlies that were looking to move down <laughs> And it's funny as you go up and down this draft we just started at 11 because I thought that was a logical spot where you know that might be in your team calculus when you would think about moving up to get certain players but as you go up the draft the Cleveland Cavaliers could they move their pick? Absolutely they could. The Chicago Bulls does anyone know what they're going to do? I-, I don't know It's going to be it's going to be tough to kind of figure that out. The Orlando Magic, they're trying to move up. So I just think there's this this massive chance that we see a crazy, crazy draft night. And I know anytime a trade happens and even the Dwight Howard trade this morning started to make Bucks fans think, well, should the Bucks have gotten involved in that? I think throughout tomorrow night, and maybe it'll start during the day, maybe it'll start in the morning, who knows? Whatever that is, I think you're going to hear a lot of Bucks fans asking: Should the Bucks have been involved in that? Should they have found a way to, you know, trade up, trade down, uh, trade for a player? How should they be valuing this this draft capital? And uh, (laughs) I think it's going to end up being kind of a, a crazy night. So that was. To me, that's kind of the the move up possibility, but I do think the possibility of moving down is, to me, just as likely, because if you look at this draft, I think I, I feel pretty confident about the first 13, 14 prospects, um, but... Once you get to fourteen, fifteen, I think some questions start to happen. You start to wonder exactly how much difference is there. Let's say currently in the the draft ex, or the mock draft done by Jonathan Gavoni at ESPN, sixteen Phoenix Suns Aaron Holiday. Now, if you scroll all the way down to, let's go all the way down to thirty, the rest of the first round, thirty is Jalen Brunson. Now, does is there an appreciable difference between Jalen Brunson and Aaron holiday? I don't know. They're, they are both of the older type. They are both, uh, you know, older players, 21.6 years old for Aaron holiday, 21.7 for Jalen Brunson. Brunson was on a proven Villanova team. Aaron holiday has been on some good UCLA teams. And I, I just think when you, when you try to parse all this out, I think there's a lot of, a lot of similarities between a number of the players between 15 and 30. I don't know if there are guys uh, that are no doubt better than those other players. I don't know if there is another tier in between that 15 to 30 range. I think a lot of teams would say all of those players are, are pretty similar, and I think you're attempting to figure out which things, which potential weaknesses, you're most comfortable mo- most comfortable with as a team because. When you look at some of these guys, all of them are going to have question marks. Some of them might be a little bit on the older side. Some of them might be uh, a little bit less athletic than you want want them to be. Some of them might, uh, you know, have questions about the competition they played, whether that's uh, some of the high school guys, uh, whether that's some of the European players. Maybe you have some questions about that. Uh, You know, maybe there's size questions. There's a reason that these guys aren't lottery picks. So why are they falling in the 15 to 30 range as opposed to the lottery spots and it's going to be because all of those people all of those prospects have question marks and uh, like like I said I just think it's it's going to end up being what you're most comfortable accepting what are you comfortable with believing, okay, this might be a potential weakness. Either you believe we can improve that weakness, maybe it's a jump shot. Maybe it's a guy like Troy Brown where you think, you know what, we're going to be fine. We can figure out a way to make that guy's jump shot work. Or, you know, maybe it's someone's undersized. Uh, they just don't have the size that you think you need to play whatever position it is, whether that be point guard, uh, whether that would be power forward, center if you have some of those questions, I just think that 15 to 30 range is a spot where I don't know if you feel extremely confident that when you get to that spot, this guy is undoubtedly better than whoever else is in that range. You might like certain guys, but I don't think there's another tier that exists within that 15 to 30 range. I think there's a number of guys that have a chance of being good, um, but it's just a matter of attempting to figure out if you know, what that guy is so I think the possibility of the Bucks trading down especially because they don't have a second round pick at this point I think it's very possible and I think it's a very interesting uh, situation because they very well could move down and uh, you know get that second pick and then also get someone that they may or may not like, uh, or excuse me, that they may really like uh, with that pick. Again, maybe you move down or you get someone you don't like quite as much, but uh, I doubt that because otherwise you won't move down. But as you're thinking through all of this, like, I, I just think there's massive potential for people to move all over this draft, and I think that's probably going to be how it plays out. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong and nothing really moves and no one uh, really does a whole lot, but it just seems like everyone – feels that way and it is is very curious about what is all gonna happen there. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. Another move that happened tonight that I wanted to talk a little bit about uh was our first the first trade that we've seen of a second rounder and uh it's the Lakers grabbing the 39th pick from the Sixers, a team that as I already mentioned have a bunch of picks. They grab that 39th pick and the Lakers are sending it's second-round pick, which comes from the Bulls next season, and cash. So this is an interesting spot because in response to it, Jonathan Gavoni actually mentioned that he's not sure teams are going to be as willing to sell picks as they have been in the past because of what happened last year. He, he said that because Chicago sold that pick, and the Golden State Warriors were able to get Jordan Bell. That it was such a such a public. Uh, I guess, such a public failure in many ways that Jordan Bell, a player that many people believe is quite talented and obviously fits quite well with the Warriors, and he was able to make an impact this year, that the Bulls sold him, and then the Bulls got ridiculed for just selling that pick. Uh, Obviously, Jordan Bell made those cash consideration uh, jokes after the first time they played, and he continued to make those jokes for for the entire season. So I just thought it was interesting to hear Jonathan say that because people have been selling picks for... A long time. There, there have been a lot of teams that have sold second round picks and just kind of dealt with whatever happens. And obviously, the Milwaukee Bucks are one of those teams that have sold second round picks in the past. So I would be—I don't want to—I guess I would maybe be a little bit shocked that that trade and that failure would be kind of the straw that broke the camel's back because this is something that's long been. I think hated by fans, right? Like there hasn't been a time where you've seen your team, no matter who your team is, whether it's the Bucks, the Bulls, anyone, any fan sees their team sell a second-round pick. I can't remember the last group of fans that was happy about it. It's just not something that happens. It feels like something that every fan base hates and again maybe there's at times where you have something like four second round picks or something and you literally just can't take any more so you do sell a pick and maybe that's a time where fans accept it but for the most part people hate the idea of selling second round picks and it would just be so weird to me that that was the one that did it that at that point uh now teams are not willing to outright sell uh, their picks after what Chicago did last season, as Jonathan Gavoni kind of reported. It would be really fascinating to me to see that actually be the case. But, you know, maybe it is. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. But, you know, maybe that means the, the Bucks really do feel like they need to move down from 17 to a little bit uh, a lower spot, whether that would be uh, – in the high twenties and the low twenties, uh, whatever that may be, there. I mean, there are teams within there that might be willing to to move around a little bit. Maybe the T Wolves are a team uh, that will move around a little bit. Uh, maybe they are a team that believes they can target someone a little bit higher at seventeen. The Utah Jazz have a number of pieces uh, that maybe they want to move around. Uh, looking through the rest of them, maybe the Blazers. They have an interesting uh, cap situation. So maybe there's some way that they move that 24th overall pick in trying to find a, a way up. The Lakers now have a bunch of picks. Uh, that was part of, that was, I believe also Jonathan Gavoni's curiosity is does 25 and then 39 that they just bought, do those add up to, a spot where they can move up for someone maybe that they like, that they don't think is going to be there at 25. The Sixers are at 26. They can move a bunch of picks. The Celtics at 27. They can move picks as well. Uh, so I think there's a, a number of interesting spots there uh, where if the Bucks wanted to move down, there might be a possibility. But obviously, if you move down, you need someone that wants to move up. And I'm curious to see a lot of the times where we start to think about, oh, yeah, you know, this is a draft where, There's not a lot of separation between 15 through 30. And you think, well, if that's the case, just move down, get the guy that you want at 23 and get something from the suckers that want to move up. Well, if you're one of the suckers that wants to move up, why move up? If you don't feel there's all that much separation, why don't you just stay at 23? So I think those are the two kind of competing ideals that are going to happen during this draft is a bunch of people are willing to move their picks, are are willing to make moves, are willing to try to uh, you know sit it out. I shouldn't say sit it out, but just sit back and let someone that they are comfortable with fall to them. And maybe there's six or seven guys on that list. And, you know, if they get one of them, that's fine. But at the same time, if you're, if you believe in those five or six guys, why do you try to move up? So I think that'll be one of the fun things that we see play out. Obviously on top of all of this, you have, LeBron, you have Kawhi, you have uh, just all of those larger storylines as well. So uh, I think there's a little bit of a chance that it is just a a chaotic night on Thursday. And, you know, maybe, like I said, maybe that starts on on Thursday morning. Now, the last thing I wanted to touch on was, uh, I guess, I don't want to say my big board because everything could kind of move around and I'm not going to rank the first kind of 15 prospects. But I do think there are a couple people that I lean towards about being okay with the Bucks making the 17th pick. And I guess it's it's just going to be really interesting to see who's actually there uh, because it it did just happen yesterday where the – the DX mock kind of moved around in the bucks. Got Zaire Smith for I think the first time in a long while there had been probably about a month where he had moved up higher than that. And I guess there's some guys that I think I'd be interested in if they would drop. I think I've already mentioned a couple miles bridges, Trey young. I think both of them would be guys that you'd have to move up for not guys that would fall all the way to 17, but two guys that I think are very interesting and I would be willing to trade up for. Uh, and then as far as guys that I'd be comfortable and I guess kind of looking forward to them falling to 17 Lonnie Walker is someone that I was very interested in early in the process. Then it seemed like he was going to be a top 10 pick. Last DX mock has him down to 15. I think there's a little bit of range now with him, and maybe he would fall to 17. He's someone that's really interesting to me. Uh, Zaire Smith, really tough to categorize because I don't have any idea what he is, but, I mean, maybe that's a guy that's... I don't want to say it's a home run swing because I don't know if he'll ever have the skills uh, and the on-ball ability to be uh, one of those top two or three guys on a championship team. So maybe it's not a home run swing, but maybe it's a swing for an extra base hit. I think there is something interesting about him. I would, I think that would be really exciting. Robert Williams is another one that I think would be really exciting. Uh, And again, as Frank mentioned last night, it's a little bit scary because I don't know if you want a rim running big with Giannis. We've always talked about how Thonmaker's game is kind of the platonic ideal of the center you put next to Giannis because he can stretch the floor, he can pick and pop, he can create space. Um, so I can get some trepidation there, but I mean I, I think there's a lot to be excited about with Robert Williams. And I've always just... Uh, uh, it's been a while. And I don't even know if there's ever been one during my time following the Bucks. A dude that just catches lobs. Um, I know they had Miles plumbley for a little bit, and he made a whole bunch of money because Giannis threw him lobs for a long time. But that is the type of player, uh, a really hard rim runner, a super athletic dunker that can make pick and roll play, can make playmaking easy for everyone. Obviously, we saw this year, chris middleton have that kind of chemistry with john henson and john henson's not a particularly good dunker but that made chris middleton's life easy if he got into a gap and kind of was able to hold up a little bit as he let things develop and then just toss one up to john henson that was a really easy play and a hyper efficient score so to have a guy that's a really strong rim runner like robert williams i think would be really exciting so i think those williams uh Zaire Smith and then Lonnie Walker I think would all be guys that would be really interesting to see them fall not guys I would trade up for but I think three guys that I would be interested in seeing fall and then as far as guys go that I feel pretty confident will be there I think Coleswicker's guy Herter um, someone that is just to me or at least from the reading I've done from the things I've looked at on the internet seems to be adored by just about every draft nick and again guys I'd say the draft can be wrong and the draft is a very inexact science so so maybe that won't work out but Kevin Hurter's someone I'm really interested by I'd I'd be <laughs> I'd be really interested and I think that would be a good pick for the Bucks Hurter's someone uh that I like I I really like after kind of getting to hear the rundown of him Alio Kobo I think he's someone that Has a really big range. I know I was listening to Jonathan Gavoni on, oh, he was with Haberstro and uh, David Thorpe today. And he was talking about how Okobo was one of the guys that they asked him for. Who's a guy that you could see, like Rudy Gobert, going late, that is able to have a really big impact in the league. And, you know, he listed off a couple people, uh, or excuse me, Haberstro listed off a couple of the people that, you know, he was higher on or you know had higher in his mock draft than other people did and he mentioned well th- those are kind of things i'm hearing but if you want my sleeper my guy that i think could really make an impact in the league and go late elio kobo is one of those guys and i do think there there is kind of this interesting idea with international prospects do the or are they just kind of disrespected and questioned and critiqued at a harder level than American prospects are. And if that's the case is Okobo, one of the guys that could kind of fall because of that. And uh, obviously you can kind of see what he can do off the dribble. He's got that pull up three that I enjoy so much. Um, And he can, he, he does have that physical profile that if he can add consistent finishing to it, well, all of a sudden you have a 6'3 point guard with a 6'8 wingspan that can get off a step back three, but then also get to the rim. I, that's really exciting player. So uh, that would be someone else I'd be, uh, I think, pretty fine with. Uh, Troy Brown was someone I liked originally in the process. I'm a little bit wary of adding someone with his shooting ability. Um, but I guess one thing I'm sort of coming around on was Evan Turner was the comp that... That Cole had mentioned, and uh, the guy that you know kind of scared me off. But Evan Turner's a bad player for seventy million. Is he a good player on a rookie scale deal? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a guy that can contribute. So uh, I guess maybe I was a little bit more scared off there than I should be. But I do have significant concern about shooting the three and if that stroke is consistent but I do think there's some some other interesting things there with Troy Brown I think I'd generally be fine with that um, and then I think I'm curious about Zana Musa uh, he's obviously another international player that people aren't really sure that they can trust but he is just 19 years old uh, and I, I do think there's a chance that he could End up being a really solid player down the stretch. Uh, he is from Bosnia originally, uh, and then he moved to Croatia at 15 to start playing for KK Sedevita. Uh, and he's really put up a, a ton of numbers since then. Um, and I'm curious, uh, I think I, I'm trying to think who had it, but someone had his draft comp uh, to Ricky Pierce, who obviously, is a Bucks fan, someone that you may remember as being this microwave, fill it up, bench score, Um, and again, maybe that's kind of scary, because that doesn't profile as a starter, but at the same time, that could be uh, a useful basketball player, so uh, we'll kind of have to keep an eye on him, he's someone else that interests me, Uh, and then I, I think after that, I think that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, there's a number of other guys there. And like I said, between 15 and, Oh, actually, I was gonna say De'Anthony Melton, someone that Cole really likes, uh, someone that, as we talked with, uh, Mike Clutterbuck and his draft, uh, his draft model. Uh, that's another guy that, uh, those models really liked because he does do a lot of those other things. So I, I guess I could put him on the list as well, but, um, there's also a bunch of guys in there that I, I wouldn't like quite as much. So I think it's going to be really interesting to watch. That's kind of my final rundown of the guys that I'm interested in. Hopefully uh, the ideas of thinking about trades have given you a better idea of who may trade, uh, if they're going up or down, what they may be looking for. Um, and I guess with the Bucks, one thing that is kind of tough to figure out is what is an asset to other teams? And I think we saw a little bit today of what question I'm asking there uh, with that, with that dump of Dwight Howard, you saw that maybe expiring contracts have some value again, because that that was essentially what happened in that deal. And the Hornets were able to grab a couple of second rounders there. And I'm just curious, you know, maybe we're seeing, we, we obviously saw ex- expiring contracts kind of mean nothing in in the last three to four years. But previously, I mean, that was what you'd be talking about the trade deadline. Who has the best expiring contracts to give up because people are trying to create cap space and they're willing to give up picks for it and were able to give up actual kind of capital uh, that you'd want, for assets down down the stretch, so um, I'm just curious to see if maybe we see again. I don't know if I want to call that a comeback, but I want to see you know maybe that swings back into place, um, and maybe that is something that's valuable. And if it is valuable, the Bucks have a guy in Eric Bledsoe that does have a 17 million dollar contract for next year, and obviously he's still very talented. We've talked again and again about. The positive impact that he had on the Bucks last season, uh, and obviously you can kind of point to the on-off numbers and all of that, and or you can just point to his raw numbers. Like he had, uh, he had a solid year for the Bucks last year. His postseason didn't go quite as well as you would have wanted it uh, to go, but at the same time, maybe he's someone that is interesting teams with the seventeen million dollar expiring, um, and just general talent. So um, I think we'll get some answers to that question. So the Bucks might have some expirings. Um, I think if you want to make a trade with Malcolm Brogdon to move up, I think he's a good enough piece and uh, something that you could use to move up. So that might be interesting and we're just going to have to see how it all plays out. But I do know that Frank and I will be back tomorrow. We will be ready to recap all of this and Hopefully try to break down exactly what happened on Thursday night and kind of let you know what John Horse said after everything went down and what he thought of the pick uh, because I will be at the practice center to hear that from uh, John Horst and Mike Boonholzer. So we will uh, hopefully have all that for you as well, and that will be a good way to get you through your Friday. So we will have all that for you on tomorrow's episode. For Frank Man, who will be back tomorrow, I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We will talk to you tomorrow.